I wasn't sure what to talk about on Christmas Day. I've been here a couple of years now, so I've used up all my Christmas messages. Uh, so I've had to come up with something new. And the theme of gift came to me. What should I talk about? I should talk about a gift. What does gift mean? Well, I, a gift could mean all sorts of things. Gift could stand for God is forever there, which is wonderful truth. God is forever there because Jesus is Emmanuel, God born in the flesh. He is always there with us. Or perhaps God is forever true. He can be relied on. His promises are correct. God will be true forever. And on that theme, maybe God is faithful today. He can be relied on today. Maybe. Or maybe the letters of gift could describe the perfect gift. That a proper gift is a generous gift. Something extravagant, something amazing, something wonderful. And by sending his son into the world, God shows his generosity to us. A gift is individual, isn't it? A good gift is something that's thought of just for you. And Jesus came just for me and just for you as well. But as an individual, he came for me. A gift should either be fun or functional. Is that right? And Jesus is both. Jesus was fun. He had lots of fun. He was always going to parties. He got into trouble for drinking too much. Well, people criticized him for drinking too much. But he was also functional. He came for a purpose, to save us, to redeem us, to rescue us. And also Jesus is, a good gift is timely. A good gift needs to come at just the right time. It's no good getting a brand new car the week after you just bought a brand new car. Yes? A gift needs to be timely. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus came at just the right time. When the times were right, Jesus was born. So a gift is generous, individual, fun or functional or timely. And I thought, well, I could do a whole message on that, but instead let's just look up what the word gift is when it appears in the Bible and see what that says to us. The word gift appears in the New Testament many, many times. The first one is that Jesus himself is the gift. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus himself is the gift that God gave the world. He is the special Son of God, the one and only Son The older translation said the one begotten son, the only begotten son, which is translating a Greek word, monogenes, which means the one, mono, one, genes, the one who looks like his father. And so Jesus is this special, unique son of God who shows us what God is really like. Elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about the gift of God. Let's read Romans 6.23 together. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. No more fear of death or of what happens next for those who are in him, but life everlasting and life to the full. This eternal life is some called called salvation. And so we read in Ephesians chapter 2 about the gift of God. Let's read together. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. 
It is the gift of God. See, Christians believe we don't get to heaven by working hard or by being good, but because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. It is a gift. Life eternal is a gift from God. We read elsewhere in James that every good, let's read this one, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James says here that God is good and that he gives only good and perfect gifts and that God's generosity is part of his faithful nature. God does not change his mind. Once he gives a good gift, he does not take it back again. And we read that in the book of Romans. Let's read this one. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Irrevocable means he can't take it back. You know, there are plenty of things that God can't do. God can't change his mind. He can't lie. He can't take back a gift that he has given. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And once he has given that gift, he is faithful and true and he will keep that word. There's more to this too. Jesus, uh, the beginning of John's gospel says this, talking about Jesus. Let's read together. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To be a child of God is God's gift. Jesus makes that possible for us to become a child of God. And so these are the gifts of God that are described in the New Testament. Eternal life, Jesus himself, all good things. And yet, and yet the word gift appears more and more and more than that in the New Testament, referring to something special, something mystical, something amazing, something that Jesus called living water. And so here, in, when John, uh, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, let's read together. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman, this woman he's not meant to be talking to. She's of a foreign nation. She's of the enemies of his people. But Jesus reaches out to her across divides of culture, of racism, of misogyny, and says, God has a gift, a gift of living water. And the living water that Jesus talks about there is mentioned again in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, let's read together. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. What is Jesus talking about here? This gift of water of life, the living water. What is he talking about? Well, overwhelmingly in the New Testament, the word gift is used to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There are spiritual gifts in the plural, special abilities or ministries given to God by his given to God given by God to his people. But the Holy Spirit himself is described as the gift of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, for instance, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, these are the words of Jesus. Let's read together. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And Matthew's a little bit unclear there. What does he mean by good gifts? Well, thank goodness Luke was there to write down his version of the same passage. So in Luke's passage, Luke explains what Jesus meant by good gifts. Let's read the same again. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And on one occasion, this is another one, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit again in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Let's read together. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. That's in Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church and people are changed and amazing things happen. And the Apostle Peter preaches this great sermon and he finishes his sermon by saying, let's read together, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And later on in the book of Acts, there's amazing miracles and things are being done and the Holy Spirit's being poured out on people. There's someone there who says to Peter, hey, I'll give you a couple of bucks if you can give me this power to pour out the Holy Spirit on people. And Peter says, read it together, Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. And later again in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is poured out on Gentiles, on non-Jewish people for the first time. Amazing things happen. Even the Romans are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Jewish people, the Jewish believers there with Peter are a bit upset about this. And so we read in Acts chapter 10, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. And later in the book of Acts, as Peter is explaining what's happened, in Acts chapter 11, he explains how the Holy Spirit's been poured out on the Romans. Peter says this, let's read together. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? The Holy Spirit is God's gift poured out on all people, no matter what nation they're from, no matter how old or how young, the Holy Spirit is God's gift, poured out in our hearts. And so in John's letter, 1 John, let's read this together. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. By the Spirit he gave us. A lot of people in the world think that Christianity is about keeping rules or keeping ideas or being good or proving ourselves to be good and righteous people. But people who are real Christians know that that's not true at all because we know that we're full of mistakes and errors and we do things wrong all the time. And if it was only in our own goodness that we had to stand before God, oh, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But thank goodness, thank God, he gives us his amazing gift of the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts and lives in our lives and speaks to us and guides us and directs us. Christianity is so much more than just a religion. It's a living faith, a living relationship with a God who lives in my heart, who lives in your heart, who speaks to us, who draws us closer to him. 
You know, God has given many, many gifts. And at Christmas time, we think of his best and greatest gift, the whole of Jesus, born in the manger, of God in the flesh. His good and perfect gifts of life, of eternal life, of his son, Jesus Christ. But also we need to remember that the gift of God is his Holy Spirit. God himself who lives in us. And so I want to encourage you this morning to resolve this Christmas, to receive from God all the gifts that he's willing to give us, to open them, to appreciate them, to receive them. But most of all, let us look and ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be transformed, to be changed, to be renewed, to be made holy here and now. Let me pray. Father God, this morning, I thank you for your gift of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you that as Christian people, we're not simply remembering things that happened long ago, but we're remembering things that have happened in our own life, of when we have met Jesus, of when we have encountered you, of when we felt your Holy Spirit's prompting and speaking to our hearts. Father God, Fill us again with your Holy Spirit. Give us the joy of this time of year. Help us to share your good news. Help us to be witnesses to those around. And help us to rejoice always that your gifts are good and perfect. Father God, I pray for each and every person listening this morning that you would come just now by your Holy Spirit and touch their hearts, that you would light them on fire that you would call people to repentance and faith and trust in you and that you would fill us with your spirit. Father God, we know that you are good and you give only good gifts to your children. Help us to trust you for that greatest gift of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you'd like to speak to me about anything I've talked about this morning, I'd love to share with you this morning. Or uh, I've got, I'm not going away this holiday, so if you'd like to make an appointment this week or next week, I'd love to talk to you about these things. If something I've said this morning has been a challenge to you, then come and speak to me about it.